This time on Matters, admitting your fears. Pinball is back. Don't be afraid to fail. All this and more on this exciting episode of Matters. His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys named Matt talk about what matters to you. I am Matt Noss. Across from me at the table is Matt Rose. How you doing, Matty? This is a lot of episodes in one day, Matty. Hey, man, the <laughs> audience doesn't know that. <laughs> uh, if you are a longtime listener, you will know that I have said in the past that I wanted to start stacking episodes. That is the industry term for recording more than one in a day. And we have successfully done that. We've been recording all day, and we saved a personal favorite of mine for the last segment of (laughs) today. No pressure. (laughs) But I have known him, my goodness, since 2001. Oh, my gosh. Really? You may know him from his multiple, multiple speaking appearances where he's talking about Cinema 4D and his own company, Grayscale Gorilla. Please welcome to the show, Nick Campbell. (laughs) What I know him as the drummer from the Roar of 84. you're you're writing all this. This is all on my wiki, right? I need a wiki. You need well, this if if you were gonna get a wiki, and not just like a wiki how, but like a MoGraph wiki. Yeah, yeah. The this would be your page. Like, oh, he did this thing on this show, and he was part of this band called the Roar of Eighty Four. Yeah. First of all, he was on Matters. Second of all, right. Roar of Eighty Four. Yeah, exactly. Like years and years of helping people in the uh, motions graphics world, developer of all these toolkits to add and make things better and easier for them. Nope, nope. Top of the list. Mm-hmm. Matters. Matters. Mm-hmm. He's been on Matters. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sh- I'm shooting for best episode of Matters. You know, like that should be on the wiki here somewhere. Holy crap. Best episode of I mean, Matters? I'm not making any promises, but I know I'm. Your, I'm. A, it's later in the day for you guys, but I'm expecting my best today. So I'm. I'm just we, no pressure here. We appreciate that you're willing and ready to bring your A game, <laughs> because we're gonna demand it, Nick. Oh, I'm ready, baby. <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, now that you set the bar, yeah, it's it's a little. It's gonna be difficult here. You know, I should start low, <laughs> under <Right>. promise. <laughs> Wait, let me. Can we start over? Under sure. promise. Welcome <laughs> to Matters. <laughs> Too much? Yeah, that's that's fine. That's good. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. This is long overdue. You are, and I'm going to own up to my own bullshit. You are somebody that I've been wanting to ask to do this for a while, and I didn't ask because I'm always like, he's so busy. That is, I have made my excuse for you. For We've been doing this show almost four years, uh-huh. and I have made that excuse for you every single time. And then when we were doing this, I was like... Why don't you just fucking ask him before and let him say no? How about that? <laughs> That's a great way to do it. I, I've been learning that same lesson recently. It's like, let other people... First of all, thanks for asking me, and I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Um, second of all, I've been doing that more and more. It's like me and my team that I work with, we constantly say no for other people, and we say no for our customers, and we say no for like everyone else all the time. Like... And then we realize, like, why don't we just ask? Like, well, we're not going to send that email to so-and-so because they're not going to help us out. 
like I could get specific about it, but you're reminding me of something like that's literally this year I'm learning, like just write the email and ask somebody and they can say no. And it's almost that easy. Or they could also say yes. And now, now I'm here. So it's like, right. That stuff blows my mind how complicated we make things some days. And then you're like, oh, I sent the email and now they're, now they're here. Right. So, like I just reached out and was like, hey, are you free on Sunday at six? <laughs> and you were like, yeah, yeah, I am. I would yeah. be, can I, would, I bring beer? <laughs> I would love to do the show. Uh, uh, Instead of like, well, there goes our friendship. <laughs> you know, like, no, Matt, I never want to be on your dumb podcast. Can you believe he asked me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> now I have to show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to fake tell him I'm going to tell him I give him my best. <laughs> I'm going to totally write this one in. <laughs> Currently drinking. <laughs> no, I've... Um, uh, I've uh, I, Gosh, Chad Gates. Yeah, Chad Gates on. We've had Chad on twice. Highly recommended. Highly recommended if you're looking for specific episodes. I don't know how you guys stance on the Chad Gates episodes. Love the guy. They're they're total, high on the list. To, total crazy person. Uh, I like crazy people. I like weirdos. Uh, go listen to those episodes. Um, so yeah. So you know, I got I got a lot. I got a lot to I got a lot to bring here. Got a. We're spilling beers. We're having fun. Well, let's. Let's not go so far with the we. It's a royal we, Matt. <laughs> Listen, I'm not your first episode. You're, just, you're probably, what, eight, ten beers deep at this point. So. Like three or five. <laughs> three or five. Definitely like not four. Three or, five. <laughs> three or five. Three or five. I'm an odd number in. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a couple pops. Yeah, yeah. I feel, feel good. I've had a couple pops. Um, here's one thing that I know about you, Nick. That I would love for you to talk about to the matters people is that you are a man of your passions. Mm. Like I have met very few people who, when they say they're going to do it something, do it at the level that you do it. Like if you say, "No, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to figure out pinball," you will go into a hole, disappear. And come out and be like Tommy and be like, and that is one of the most impressive things in the world to me, even though I'm a guy who loves researching. I love researching, but I don't know if I always love doing, mm. you know, like I like knowing what needs to be done, but I'm not always the best on executing the things that need to be done. And you are excellent at both in my mind. Wow. Um, well, thanks for saying that. That's very kind. You're welcome. It's all flattery today. Um, keep it coming. I'm good. You'll just keep talking <laughs> about how... Um, yeah. I, 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 I like talking about it. I used, to, I used to try to figure out what that was because I did see that in me and I saw other people saw that, that personality in me that I, in some ways, can focus on something or obsess over something. And I tried to... Some some days I try to break it down on how that happens, and then other days I'm like, I feel like I've just been that way, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that I can't explain or can't, you know, talk through. Um, but that's that's just always been my personality. Is like at I, like I I would go to school as in junior high and elementary school and like be, have zero interest in ninety percent of my classes, not care. Didn't matter how much I got in trouble. You know, like I would just float by with C's and D's and a couple B's if I barely liked it. And I would mostly be like 
trying to read video game magazines and like figure out when Mario 3 was coming out. And then I would go home and obsess over these things. And video games was an early one for me. Um, and computers too. I think one of the reasons I end up, ended up getting early into computers was A, my dad was into computers, so we always had them around. But but B, we had this, we always we always had like a limited amount of hard drive space and a limited amount of computer, you know, this is like Tandy 1000 era, if you want to, you know, carbon date me. Um, I had to like figure out how computers actually worked in the C drive and use DOS and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, and, and it, I obsessed over it enough just to get my game working, you know, like that's how I, I, right. I wasn't really interested in learning DOS, but I was interested in making sure that this game worked at the fastest graphics capability. So I'd read all this stuff and try to figure it out. And so early on, I had this like drive where I'm like, I have no interest in doing normal, <laughs> like taking the garbage out responsibilities. Like I was a punk kid, didn't do what I was told, didn't do what I was told in class. But if you, if you gave me something I was interested in, I would sit either in my room or in the family room or whatever and just devour as much as I could. And so part of me, I think, definitely got lucky with like some sort of gene thing somewhere in there. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, but then also, I think part of it also came from having parents that mostly liked what they did and they were passionate about what they did for a living. And they brought that to my you know, dining room table and around me as a as a kid. That's so funny because Matt and I have had conversations about our parents at work, but not as heavy as what I think we're about to go into. Because I, we've talked about this part where I was like told, get into the trades. Like those were words that were uttered by both of my mom and my dad throughout my life. Like it wasn't about following passions. It wasn't about like getting good at something. It was either get into the trades or go to school. And that was it. And like, I, in my head, I'm not, I'm rebellious, but not to my parents. Mm. I'm rebellious, but not in the way to people of whom opinions I care about. Like, I'm more rebellious and like, I'll just wait forever and I'll do what I want. You know, like, <laughs> that's how I'm rebellious. I'm like patiently rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eventually you're going to leave and I'm going to eat that cake. <laughs> and I don't care. I won't do it in front of right, you. Right, <laughs> exactly. You asked me not to eat that cake, so I'll spare you the visual of me eating this cake. <laughs> but, like, I definitely grew up with, like, limitations in a way. And when you say that, I hear, like, not that they were saying, hey, Nick, we think you can be really great at computers. Or, hey, Nick, we think you could be really great at this thing. But it was more of like, you know, because I know that your mom, roller skating was one of, is the thing that she teaches, she taught, she, I don't know where her position in the roller rink mm -hmm. that you got, your you had your reception in. But like, I know that she's super involved in that. Well, let me, let me paint a picture here. Do because it. Because I've been thinking a lot about this. So I have... I have my this mom that was a roller skater. When I say roller skating, it's like just like ice skating at the Olympics where you jump and they have costumes and they have music. She was into that in the 60s and 70s, but with roller skates, almost the identical thing, the, the whole deal. And she w actually went to Worlds and competed at, at, a, at a national level. At that level. level. And then so as she you know, started um, getting older and figuring out her career path, she decided she wanted to be the teacher. And she wanted to be the coach to the the next generation of of this stuff, 
And so she's gone on to do the same thing, bring people to worlds to win national championships. Wow. Made their costumes, made their music, edited their music, made the the routine and the jumps and coached them through this whole thing. So I have this mom that I always saw like interested in what she was doing. She was also into music and crafts and arts and musicals and and artistic And that's a hell things. of a drive to be able to do that physical work, mm. you know, play hurt, execute. Right. Do these things that are really demanding. Yeah, and I so so and and a lot of the days. And so let's talk about my dad. My dad was a fireman full time, um, which also be because mo- most firemen work twenty four hour days, yep. and so they have a lot of extra time to do secondary work. A lot of them have second jobs. My dad yep. was an uh, electrician, so he would work you know the nine ten hours a month, twenty four hours at the fire hall, and then almost every other day be a contract. Oh, he actually owned his business, but he would go wire houses and do commercial electric. Both of those things he um, was interested in learning more about. He went up the the level and eventually became a teacher in what he did as well. So he taught firemen how to be safe around electricity when Hmm. putting out fires because he knew both things. He ended up working at the Michigan Task Force to set up things like FEMA type things for natural disasters and national disasters and set all that stuff up and be a part of that through his career. And he's always been interested in getting better and learning. And so I was surrounded by this, not just around it, but when it came to the table, you know what? I I didn't realize everyone hated their job until I went like to college, you know, like I, Mm. like I saw the tropes on TV and was like, oh, okay. You know, I guess Al Bundy. I was just thinking of Al Bundy and how he hated selling shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, of course. (laughs) Nobody like, nobody, you know, like wants to work there whatever. I I, I didn't know, but I didn't know how widespread that was. And so I have this, I, I was lucky enough to be kind of sheltered from this jaded part of the world. And so when, when it, came time to like go do the things that I wanted to do it was like of course I'm just going to go do the things I want and not go you know I I tell this story all the time about my first job and my parents were uh I was I was 15 and they're like 15 is the time when you need to get out of the house find your first job and figure this out and it never dawned on me to like go to the McDonald's or to the clothing place and fold clothes or I don't know like of course, you know, I of course all, the only jobs in my head were the mall, because I, I I'm near Summit Place Mall. Yo, go uh, go Pontiac, go Waterford, um, and and I'm like, of course that's where you go get your first job. And so, when I go to the mall, I'm like, um, you know, I don't want to work with these. I don't want to work where there's too many kids. Like I was kind of selfish about it, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why that was. Mostly because I was a punk kid, but I was like, I want to do something where I could learn and be a be around things I'm interested in. So I was like, maybe the bookstore. I was really into hi-fi equipment and learning stuff. And I could like read the magazines while they put me to work. You know, like that was the thought there. Maybe the toy store. Toy store is cool. I could learn like how to juggle and do all these fun things. But there's too many kids at the toy store. I don't want to deal with kids. So then literally I saw um, in the middle of the mall, one of those kiosks that said magic tricks. And I literally was into magic and like doing card tricks and stuff. So I went up there, did a card trick. And he's like, you know, you're hired. You know how to do this stuff. And I sold magic tricks as my first job. And so uh, that started a a whole set of like lucky chances or, you know, I don't know where luck ends and my my interest and my passion and my energy begins. But, you know, I've I've had like careers through that, through photography and DJing and and all these things that I, I, you know, got into and just obsessed over, like you said, and 
I don't I don't know. I like we could we could talk about any part of it because it's so interesting to me because I I I I talk to a lot of students and they're always asking me like how to do that. And more and more it's 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 harder and harder to say, "Oh, just go do what I do." Right. <laughs> <laughs> just well, cause it's not that hard. Just go be like me. And so as I get older, I realize how kind of silly that advice is. So I really think about those things. What what made me this way? And is is there something you could tell somebody else that actually helps? And uh, I, frankly, that's kind of where it, it's hard for me to do because I still go speak at schools. What do I say? Just uh, just get the cool parents I had. I don't know your problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, and Matt, I, let me know what you think about this. I think one of the first things in, that hits my head is like, it's possible. Mm. You know, like, if you could have, t- if you would have told me that talking about XYZ could be a career, I would have been like, yeah, for somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody would have said, hey, you're going to be able to have a show about this and anybody in the world could hear it when we were kids, I'd be like, you're wrong. That's not going to happen. Like, I think getting out of your own way with like the limitations is the first step. It isn't even so much the doing of it is that you have to admit to yourself that it's possible. Like you never knew that it wasn't possible. It was just like, no, I can just go do this. And if you kind of go in with that mindset, then it's like, you're not fooling yourself. Like there aren't steps to doing it. Right. Like you, you brought up a good point. Like limitations is a, is a, that's a huge part of that, and at, we all have limitations. We just talked about the one about sending an email to somebody and asking them something. Like we we tell stories in our head all the time of things we can or can't do, and uh, so somewhere along the line, I was either so driven that I thought I could do it, and, and you know this is the other thing. I I I think that there's a huge difference between someone that's the absolute best at what they do and somebody that could be the top you know, 50% or even the top, you know, 20% of something. I tend to be like, you mentioned pinball. I got really into pinball. I learned all the, like, how the games are built. I learned how to play them. I learned how, you know, I went, long story, got really into pinball, ended up top uh, 800 in the world out of about 50,000 other players. Not number one, not number two, not number 10. But to me, that's kind of been my climb. And, and I guess to me, part of that advice is like you, unless you really want to be the best, you don't, you don't have to approach it at, at any other angle than just keep doing it. Whatever engages you back into the thing that you want to do is what you should do more of. So, and that, that limitation thing is a huge part because that stops almost everybody. It's like, oh, I'm never going to be like so-and-so, so I'm not going to try in the first place or I'm not, um, that's not what my parents want me to do. So I'm not going to engage with it. Or that's not what my friends think is cool. They're like, it, there's a million different ways. That's not what society really thinks I should be doing. Or those, those aren't my people. There's like a million ways you could talk yourself out of almost any decision. So yeah, limitations is that's it. That's an interesting way to, to bring it up because that's something you do have a little bit more control over than right. like your genes or whatever. Well, that's like it's it's your outlook on it, and I I think that a lot of people use that as a coping mechanism for the fear of failure, saying or fear a fear of failure or rejection, where <coughs> saying, "Oh, well, I'm not gonna ask that woman out 
because she's just going to say no. So what's the point? So instead, you just say, well, yeah, uh, you know, I don't I don't need to ask her because I know what the answer will be. You're you're saving yourself from rejection by rejecting yourself instead. Mm-hmm. And I think that people do that for a lot of different things, like you were saying, where, well, but that career isn't for me. So you start making excuses before you ever have to try, so you don't have to fail. And that is something that I have tried to get a lot of people to not be afraid of is failure. Because without failing, you can't really learn. If you did everything right the first time, you're... An anomaly. Yeah, you're an anomaly. Mm. If you don't fail, you don't learn what not to do. Knowing what not to do is just as important as knowing what to do. And people need to get over the fear of of failure and rejection because that's holding them back on a lot of stuff. So I've... Uh, I, I, you, you reminded me of something that not even reminding me what's the word it's like there's something that sparks a really interesting idea mm-hmm. where i hate showing a lot of failure in public mm-hmm. i really don't like i think most people are like that and and a lot of the reasons i chose the career paths i did and the things i i was interested in is because i could get better at them by myself mm-hmm. and so music guitar and drums um djing right um, <laughs> okay being, being in front of a computer and learning 3D magic tricks, like my whole career, photography, just wander around a city taking photos. And so those things sheltered me from the the ability to to embarrass myself too much in public so that when I was ready, I can like show up like, oh, look, I, I, I it's a I finished product. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't see the depth. They you, You're just like, hey, check this out. Yeah, like I learned how to juggle really early on. My dad was interested in juggling. He did like clown stuff. He my dad's amazing too. Um, like my I like again. A, my parents, I love you. B, uh, I'm really lucky to have them. And um, so my dad, I keep remembering like my dad teaching me how to juggle. He'd stand me next to a wall. So if you're out there wanting to learn how to juggle, this is a great way to do it. Stand in front of a wall because one of the first things you do when you juggle is you kind of throw the the balls too far ahead of you. And they always go, and then you have to like walk with them to catch them. So if you stand in front of a wall, it'll kind of keep your throwing at least in, at least so you don't have to walk too much if you drop them. <laughs> they're not way out there, they're right down below. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there at the house, like constantly in front of the same wall, practicing how to juggle. And nobody's ever seen that except my dad and my sister. And then now, for, for the rest of my life, if I pick up, you know, three oranges at a party, I can like fake okay juggle and they don't have to see me drop 80 of them. And there's something about that that, that is very interesting of, of like the failure and, and being able to do that. So maybe it's like sh- picking something where you don't have to fail in public all the time. Well, yeah, failing failing in public, I think that that's the, the fear that that people really have is that other people are going to observe their failure but like with with a lot of the stuff that that I do because I I work with computers also, you're a lot of times you are failing to yourself when you're when you're trying to write software and you know something isn't compiling or you're running into some issue, you're really the only one observing the failure. But people still let that fear 
get in the way of other things. It's not just, um, you know, writing software or, or you know, doing 3D modeling or, or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, <clears throat> for me anyway, that's, that's one aspect where people can't really observe my failure. Judo is an area where people are very able to directly observe my failures <laughs> when I fail. So... You know, I I might have a little bit different of uh, um, perspective on that, just because I have I have fought some people that are way better, and you just have to get over. You have to get over not being better than everybody else, because there's always going to be somebody who's better, and they're going to beat you. And sometimes people aren't as good as you, and they'll still beat you right. because you made a stupid mistake because of matchups. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in this idea of of mistakes behind closed doors. Because I think that <laughs> I like that it's mistakes. I'm like currently uh showing how not to pour a beer as Matt's talking about <laughs> mistakes behind <laughs> mistakes behind the mask, right? It was supposed to be for me only. <laughs> but I'm I'm I think I'm so I've done so many performances in front of people that have been terrible. Just my baby is going for it tonight, guys. <laughs> she is having a time. Um, I've 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 bombed, just ate shit in front of audiences, and I'm okay with that level of quote unquote failure. Mm. Like to me, that's part of it. Like I don't know, just. Wasn't able to connect tonight. Didn't work. Audience wasn't into it, and I didn't get them on my side. Didn't didn't work. That doesn't bother me as much as the idea of, and I think this is where your head goes, right? Like, I would love for the work that I do on these podcasts to go somewhere. We've talked about this, Nick, Matt, and I have talked about this. There is a part of me that's terrified of going for it. And it's stupid because, like, there's part of me that's like, we're already winning. <laughs> the shows are out there. You know what I mean? Like, right. we did it. The hard part is done. Nick's in the basement. We're talking into microphones. It's being recorded. <laughs> Hooray. What else do you want? And then there's another part of me that's just like, yeah, but you go to a job that you don't necessarily love you, you you don't necessarily love that and if you could get the same amount of money doing this that you could doing that which one would you rather have and i'm like well i'd rather have doing this it's like well then you need to work a lot harder to make that happen or you need to shut the fuck up <laughs> and just accept that this is where this is and i i, I think i get scared of like well if i did do that then it's like this is all there is hmm. then it's then it's on me for the rest of my life and sometimes i'm too much of a coward to want that to be the truth and i don't like that like that that drives me crazy but i think that's what it boils down to it's like you're not willing to try it you're not willing to give it the go that it deserves. And it's not like I'm going to beat myself up about it, but I need to be 
aware of that. And then when I say it, I'm like, but is that who you are? Right. I'm like, no, that's not who you are. Then it's like, well, what are you doing? But that that's the uh, that's one of those things you hear all the time. So it's like, just be you. And you're like, yeah, but what about if part of you is somebody that you want to change or like a part of you is like that you don't like, that you want to break out of? Because I, I bump into that all the time where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, what, what I really want to do is this, but what I really need to do is this. And, and I don't know how to square that with being a human sometimes because if you're just got to be you all the time, then what about the parts that you want to get better? You know, so, uh, so like you're saying like, okay, you not right now you have an, um, not an excuse. You have this limiting belief that you're like, I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket yet. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a way to, to not, you know, do it or to downplay it or like, like what Matt said, Matt, what I forget who, do I just say Matt? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Matt said out there, uh, listeners pointing at the other Matt Rose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is is like that's the excuse you could tell yourself so the, the, so the thing in my head that I've, I've been thinking a lot about is like what what about those things when somebody's like just be you and it'll all be great okay so what parts do you keep that are good you and what parts of you that are like I'm kind of lazy sometimes and I'm kind of uh, I procrastinate constantly. I can't wait. I don't. I don't wake up till. Part of the reason I started my own company is because I can't wake up till like nine or ten o'clock. <laughs> and so, like, what about those parts of the, of of your life you want to change? How do you go about changing that? It's it's um and, and that that gets so tricky. So right. tricky because you're, you're you're like having an argument with yourself, and it's so hard to to figure that out. Well, and part of it is like you do that comparison thing, which is so human. Like, I don't have the ability to compartmentalize and be like, I don't compare myself to anybody. And it's like, no, I do, <laughs> you know? And just kind of like what you were talking about, like the things that you were doing, be- failure behind closed doors. Mm. It's like, by the time that you get in front of people, it's a finished product. So I don't know what's behind. So it just becomes like, the first thing that I've seen from you is this. And that thing is amazing. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, things like Facebook and Instagram kind of like, like make that even worse, right? Oh, like right. Nobody's putting their, their 20 times they failed at juggling on Instagram. Well, there is, there's this one I just followed. That's great. She's literally like teaching, like learning how to juggle and recording the whole thing. But most people don't do that. You go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, it's their perfect vacation they went on and they, their perfect, you know, photo and their perfect you know, food and everything. And they don't show all the stuff that got burnt or where people fell down. Mm-hmm. And so now we, now everyone's looking at this all day and saying like, well, my life's not like that. And so how do I, like, I might, I'm not even going to try because I can't compete with that. But, but it is, it's, it's, you're, you're now that level of comparison, like you're talking is now extreme to the max with, with Facebook, Instagram, you know, pretending like everyone's, happy all the time <laughs> right right and they're not no nobody nobody is i mean it, you'd be insane if you weren't happy if you were happy all the time <laughs> right like you need to have a wide range of emotions there's this quote i can't get out of my head it's from another podcast uh and they they talked about how um how even um bono they're talking about you know the U two and and all this stuff. They're talking about having bosses and having people that kind of stand over you. And they're like, even Bono has a boss. 
Like he's <laughs> out there shaking hands with somebody or out there making a deal with Apple to put their record on your iPhone or like whatever. Like there's everyone's has somebody around them above them that is like making them not do exactly what they want or uh, to me what 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 to me what even Bono as a boss means is like no matter what level you are there's always some part of I could be better or unhappiness or whatever right that's that's the thing that's that's so interesting about that and like like you're saying like how big do I want to make this thing how much effort do I want to put into it how much how much balance do I have with my family and my work like all these big questions that are unanswerable in general come down to trying to pick it for yourself and it's it's crazy it's uh it's so hard yeah <laughs> yeah so how do you make that like how do you make that the the uh, well part of me is like i'm not stopping like matt and i talked about this um quite a, we talked about this quite a bit but it was like neither of us wants to stop i don't want to stop because i enjoy doing it like I've loved this conversation that we've been having. Like I get energized by having conversations like this. And it's kind of the goal of our show is like, it's a show about our friendship and the people that are in our world. Like that's kind of what this show is about. And it gives it, it powers me up. Now I can't remember what the original question was. <laughs> well, like, how do I balance yeah, how it? Do you, how do you balance like uh, ambition versus, you know, being generally happy with what this is and because because i i think it's interesting to talk about but it's also mm -hmm. how my brain works all the time it's like how how much more work do i want to put in this compared to family compared to Here, okay mountain cool. biking <laughs> like so there's a part of me that doesn't know what this could become but sees things that are in the same world being successful right so like i don't know what so when I say what is success to me when it's this show or Gabber or podcasting in general, I'm like this many listeners. Like if we had this many listeners, that would be a pretty successful show because it wouldn't just be two people. It would be a bunch of people and we could create communities and I feel like we could connect people to the things that they care about. Mm with people who care about those same things. Like to me, that would be winning. Like, you know, transmissions would be the same thing that we're connecting people who love this thing with other people who love this thing. Like that, that to me is like, that would be awesome. And it's not like money. Like if we can make a million dollars a year, but, but making it sustainable is, would be a part of it. I mean, from conversations we've had, right? Like, yeah. Having, yeah. not having to go to the other job not having to go to the other job is like the dream right like right. for me that's the dream but i don't know what the first part looks like in my head i don't have that like oh it'll just work we can just do it like there's a million ways to make money my brain goes like there's like one way to make money and it's called work and have someone pay you for it <laughs> like and that limiting belief that I've just, for the first time probably ever, really articulated has, he has held me back so many times. Mm. Like, no, there's like one way to make money. When it's like, no, there's probably millions and millions and millions of ways to make money. But I'm like, oh, no, you, you get a job and you work and then they pay you for your work. 
not I make a podcast and people listen to it and I get paid for it. Like that is, even though that's what I would love to have happen, I think there's part of me that doesn't believe that that could happen. Mm. To to really armchair psychology myself. You, I'm, I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I know that there's some podcasts out there that you've heard or listened to and you're like, these ding-dongs have a podcast? And they're, they have that many viewers and they got ads and what what's going on? Like, right. Like, I, I, I know I always have that feeling. Like, that that gets, that like sparks energy for me. And so, but that also makes me go like, I'm going to be better at I'm gonna I'm I'm knock them out. I'm knocking knock them out out of their uh, number one spot, or maybe not. Maybe I'm gonna be number three to them, or whatever. Right. But that energy, uh, if you that energy for me always always gets gets me like a little bit competitive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and not me. Like I don't want to I don't want to take away from what they have, but it's like, man, if these ding dongs can do it, I think I could pull this off, or I could be uh, you know second best or something. There is a lot to be said for seeing like people that are just regular people doing it instead of like there's some great pantheon of geniuses up there doing this thing that you want to do. Right. And you're like, it's unattainable. It's like, no, that that dick wad was (laughs) (laughs) terrible to me at that conference. And uh, I'm better than him. Yeah, he's pulling this crap off. So, yeah. I don't know. those, Those things... I ask because I, I, like I said at the beginning, it's like it's something I've I used to talk more about of like, well, if you, you know, you just work the weekends and you do this and you do this and it's all it'll all work out. And lately, it's just more and more introspective of like, what really is the difference? And so, yeah, I'm always interested in what. what but those did you are. did you know where the end was? No, no, like it's like so many other things, like juggling and all the other stupid jobs I've had over the years. I didn't have an end goal for it, but I was interested in how it made money. That is always interesting to me. So like like movies is a good example. I didn't watch a ton of movies as a kid, and I don't think I have the attention span still, but I always loved behind the scenes and special effects and like how Jurassic Park was made. I could watch the making of Thriller more than the Thriller music video. The music video doesn't do a lot for me. <laughs> Song two, let's be honest. The behind the scenes making of Thriller is so interesting to me. And mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of Terminator 2, these were like the big movies of my time. Like Terminator 2, Jurassic Park. I was like, okay, once I saw somebody behind the scenes working on a computer and they showed like, the the gray dinosaur like moving around yeah. in 3D. I was like, wait a minute. There's a it's a person and they look like, you know, my dad's age or something at the time. And they if I think I understand it right. These people get paid <laughs> to make dinosaurs move around. Right. And I'm like, I'm a I'm a person. And I like computers. I wonder like I wonder, and like, and I'm interested in things. And if I were to be interested in this, is that a thing I could do? Like, a, and and those somehow that stuff always connected with me in a way that's like, I always needed to take it to that level. It wasn't just okay, what software do you use, or or how do you model, or how do you technically physically do it? It's like the fact that you could do it and and make not even make a living out of it, but that part of the process was just as interesting to me as the as the part of making it. So 
I don't I, that I don't I don't know where that is like like so many parts of how I talk <laughs> I don't know the I don't know the punchline at the end but those parts are interesting to me and how how you take something that's interesting but it, to me I read that as like it exists mm. this thing right this thing that's on the screen that just is cool to everybody somebody put that up there and that somebody is just a somebody it's well, just right. a person and i mean if you want to get even deeper into it it's not just the person who modeled it it's also the people who did the storyboarding where you're sitting there saying well shit people actually just sit there and storyboard ideas for other people and they get paid to do this like, because you don't have to do something as as detailed as a comic book. I've seen the storyboards for like RoboCop and stuff. Oh God, it's line were, sketches. Yeah, I mean they were they were just above line sketches, way below comic book level quality. People got paid to do that, and like I used to think about that once in a while. You know, when I was when I was still in art school, like I I I I've, I don't have the patience to do comic book style art. Um, but I could storyboard the hell out of shit. <laughs> so like, you know, that was something that, that ran through my head for a little bit, but then like, I, you know, I focused more on computers than I did well, and, uh, and doing that. Where my brain goes too, it's like, it's not for, for almost any one of those things for, for every one of those things, there's also thousands of other pieces of equipment or things that you need, um, to make it happen. So yeah. let's take like drawing. Like some, there's companies out there that are making the paper that make the paper happen. There's com- mm-hmm. there's the person that shipped it. There's the person that designed the pen that you're using. There's the there's the person pulling the ink out of the ground or out well, of the, yeah, the lumberjacks who made the paper and right. not just the ones who distributed the paper. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many different aspects to it. Yeah, well, when when my brain goes down that angle. It, that stuff makes me happy. First of all, like mm-hmm. just thinking, like any time I'm having a bad day, I'm like, man, somebody like really obsessed over like this glass or this logo on this glass or whatever. Like, and and there's always a piece of art behind all of this design, and even if it's mass manufactured, right? And the other the other side of it too, you're reminding me of is when when you mentioned the software, like watching these these uh, these guys work on Jurassic Park. I was like, okay, well, not only are they in a room with computers that got made by artists and designed by people, but also the software they're using, which is what I do now for a living, help build the software and teach, build, I'm, I'm making the pens, right? I'm making mm-hmm. the pens for the 3D artists. Right, right. And in that way, it never ends. The, the, I, the, the behind the scenes idea of how, what part of the world you want to be a part of, I feel like every time I feel like I'm in a door, which I kind of, I think hopes, to get to your original question, which is like, how do you know when to stop or what level there is? I don't think that ever ends. I, quick story, got into computer animation and design because I was really into After Effects. I was really into animation. I was really into music. I wanted to combine all that together and do this motion graphics thing that was picking up steam in late 90s, early 2000s. Cut forward a few years. I graduate and I end up working at one of my favorite places in Chicago called Digital Kitchen. They made title sequences for, uh, we did the Conan O'Brien show and he was on the late night um, circuit for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> RIP, sorry, Conan. Um, uh, did his late night show. I did um, 
uh, True Blood and a lot of HBO, Dexter, Dexter title oh, no sequences way. for all that stuff. And so I thought, I hit the jackpot. I'm good. Like I went to school for this. I'm working at one of the best places in Chicago designing stuff. And all of a sudden, I get hooked into this 3D thing. All of a sudden, 3D was now, it, you didn't have to be so technical to learn 3D. These new pieces of 3D software like Cinema 4D started coming out where a designer like me that's not so technical but likes technology and likes design can start to use it. And I obsessed over it so much so that I, I ended up leaving my what I thought would be my dream job to go chase this chase this uh, uh, company, right? Like chase this idea that I could start a company making software and teaching people this new piece of software. And that door just that door swung open like, oh wait, I I use software. I'm obsessed with plugins and software and stuff. I could be one of those people. And then and now we're going through a similar thing with, with there's new doors opening for for my business that's like I didn't I forgot. There's another level, right? There's always that other level. So those those like how does it end or how do you how do you scope out a project like that? Like what you were asking? I don't know. I don't know how to how to do it. I feel like you always need to take the next one and push it as far as you can and along the way you'll probably find a new door that opens up. At least that's how that's how my brain tries to make sense of it all. I'm thinking. I think I need to lay down after that. No. I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the only my comedy brain is starting to take over and it's just like, well, thanks, Nick. And up next. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how about this? I'm taking a look at, at the timer here and I can already tell we're going to do a double. What? So we're, we got to do a double. Dip behind the scenes already. I like this. We're behind the scenes. I can already tell. Got a fourth wall going all over the place. Because we barely scratched the surface. <laughs> we barely scratched the surface. I'm, I'm ready, baby. I got. I got to tell you about so many things, man. I'm excited to hear them. Why don't we put this episode to bed? Take a quick break here, and uh, come back for round two. Love it. Okay. Uh, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Matters. It was a good try. It was, it was a, a try. solid try.